0: Hey everyone, it's Pastor Jacob. Hope this message gives you encouragement, perspective, and revelation from God to give to others. Also, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram page, Fusion Student Media, and also follow me on Instagram, at Jacob underscore Malosan underscore. We hope you enjoyed the message. Well, uh, hey, I want to get into um, our message uh, tonight, but before I do, I just want to read two scriptures to you. And uh, we'll talk about what they mean and how it applies to the message. But uh, tonight we're bringing to you a theme called Pathfinders. Somebody say Pathfinders. So that's what tonight's all about. I'm going to unpack it. I'm going to explain it. I'm going to do my best to preach it. But uh, hey, if you have your Bible, turn with me or go there in your phone to 2 Corinthians 5, seven. If you have your phone, go there. We do accept iPhone, Android. We're just going to ask you to lay it at the altar and surrender that garbage and ask the Lord to bless you, and uh, hopefully he will. But uh, hey, if you're there, say I'm there. If you're not, say hold up. All right. If you're in the uh, book of Esther, you got a ways to go. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Uh, I'm going to read it. We'll put it on the screen. Here's what it says. The path we walk is charted by faith, not by what we see with our eyes. Hey, just turn to your neighbor and just let him know. It's not by what we see. Let him know. Let him know. Hey, go with me uh, one more place in the Bible. It's the Old Testament. It's uh, the book of Hosea chapter 3 and uh, I'm going to read verse 5 to you and then we'll pray, we'll get into the message. Hosea chapter three, verse five. Here's what it says. It says, afterward, the sons of Israel will return and seek the Lord, their God and David, their King, and they will come trembling to the Lord and to his goodness in the last days." Somebody said, amen. Hey, and we'll, uh, we'll unpack that. We'll explain what it all means. Sound good? Awesome. Well, hey, uh, pray with me, uh, and we'll pray over this message, and we'll get into it. God, thank you for tonight. Lord, thank you for this message. God, thank you for this incredible group of students. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us tonight, Lord, and that you would, uh, you would shape the very foundations, uh, God, of our mind, of our heart. God, that you would change the way that we live. Father, we love you. We thank you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. I remember um, I woke up that morning, and I didn't have a ton of time to get ready. Anybody ever woke up, and you're like, I got time to brush my teeth, maybe put deodorant here, deodorant there, and I got to go. Have you had these mornings? This was a morning much like that, and uh, the reason I was rushing is because I didn't get a ton of sleep the night before. Like, it was one of those kind of nights, and uh, if, if you ever, ever had one of those nights, you know that the most important thing is that you put your pants on, deodorant, brush your teeth, get out the door. It was kind of that night, and I found myself riding in probably the most uncomfortable seat in all of humanity as I made my way to the prison, I mean, middle school. And so as we're going to middle school or as some call it, Azkaban, whatever you wanna call it, I remember thinking to myself how exciting this is because if you know anything about school and school calendar, there are a couple days within the week or a couple times within the year that are more exciting than others. You know what I'm saying? Like there are seasons in life that are more exciting than others. There really are. I would not call puberty an exciting season. It's kind of an awkward season, but then there are exciting seasons, and this, this is one of those seasons. So I'm in the bus, I'm riding, it's school, and I start talking with all of my friends, all of my homies, and we're talking about, we're talking about what we're going to get for Christmas, because Christmas break is coming up. Come on. It's like two weeks of no school. It's the best time ever. And uh, I don't know about you, but every year there seems to be like the one thing that everybody's got their mind on that they want to get, like for Christmas, like it's the thing on your, on your list. Now, I get it. I'm a little older than you guys, so uh, it wasn't like, you know, there wasn't like a a piece of technology on my list. In fact, it wasn't technology at all. It was a Razor scooter. Somebody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever have a Razor scooter up in the building? No, you didn't. Come on. Okay. But that's what it was. The Razor scooter was the thing, man. Like, that's what you wanted to get. And if you didn't get it, I mean, uh, come on, you just weren't, you weren't a part of that in crowd. And I remember, I remember talking to my friends about like what color we were going to get, like what color the handlebars were going to be. Were we going to get the one with the shocks? Were we going to get the one with the cool grip tape? Like what, what were you going to get? And man, I was so excited. I wanted to get the blue one. I can put up a picture of the screen of the Razor scooter right here. I just want you guys to see this picture. This is what was coveted. This was the thing that you wanted. This was what I was losing sleep over at night. This was the thing that was on the top of my list back in the day. I was, woo. I knew that if I had this, oh, every, every middle school crush would just see me on this thing. And oh my gosh, it was over. That was it. Game over. Guys, if you're trying to pick up a girl today, don't pull up on a scooter. I'm just going to help you out. She will call the cops on you. Rightfully so. You you will get arrested. There will be a restraining order and uh, we're going to pay for counseling for you as well. But this was what was on my list. This was what I wanted. I remember I got home from school that day because it was a Friday and that was the last day and then break, break was, was here. This was it. This was it. This was, this was Christmas break. I remember on Christmas Eve, you ever, you get that like Christmas Eve insomnia. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Like you just, like you literally can't go to sleep. Like it doesn't matter if you take five melatonins. It doesn't matter if you shoot yourself in, in the foot with a tranquilizing dart. Like it doesn't matter. You just can't really sleep. Uh, don't do either one of those ever, okay? Um, But I couldn't sleep, I was so excited because I knew, can we put that picture back on the screen? I just gotta look at it one more. I knew that I was gonna have this when I woke up. Uh, I mean, for you guys, maybe it was the Xbox 360, I don't know. I don't know what that thing was for you. But in this day and age, that's what it was for me. And I remember struggling to go to sleep. I finally did go to sleep, only to wake up at like 5 a.m., ran into my my mom and dad's room and just was like, all right, can we do this thing? Like, I'm ready. I remember going into the living room. I remember seeing it. It was all wrapped up, but I could see it. Like, I could see the silhouette. I can see the shape of it. I could see what it looked like. I mean, you know, it it was this perfect L shape, like right angle, beautiful. I knew that this was the Razor scooter. I just knew. And so me and my brothers were by the tree. They're opening their presents. One brother opens like a pack of Pokemon cars. I'm like, you dork, get out of here. Like, <laughs> I don't care about your holographic Charizard. All I want is this Razor scooter. I'm patiently waiting. I wait for it because, you know, I don't know if you're like me, but I like to have dessert Is Anybody like that? Are you weird? You just go for it first. I like to get to the good stuff at the end. I was saving it for the end. And I'll never forget, as I, as I went to unwrap this beautiful L-shaped thing, I'll never forget what I saw because I did not see this y'all what I physically tangibly visibly saw with my human eyeballs I can never unsee and I'm going to show you tonight and I think it's so fitting that it's raining and there's thunder right now because as ominous as this is I just need to I need to get you into the mode and and, in the mindset of thinking of what I'm about to show you because this is this is this is not fake this really happened I'm going to put this picture on the screen. This is what I opened on Christmas morning. Now, I know what you're thinking. Who would do that to a child? My parents. The first thing I did was try to find, you know, the number for Child Protective Services. I, this, is, this is not okay. This is, this is neglect right here. This is the equivalent, like this is if Tony Hawk and Pee Wee Herman, if they made a thing, this is what it would look like. I, I, I remember opening this thing and thinking to myself, okay, not only am I not going to have a girlfriend, I'm going to lose every friend I've ever had. I'm never going to have a friend again. I have to burn this thing, actually. Can we open up a box of matches in the pl- Hey, the reason I tell you that story is because how many of you know looks can be deceiving? Oh, don't at, don't at your ex right now. Don't do that. That's weird. <laughs> Don't, <laughs> don't nudge your neighbor. Um, I saw that. Turn to your neighbor say, looks can be deceiving. Looks can be deceiving. Just because you see a thing doesn't mean that's what's actually there. I think it's so interesting to me that the Bible says that our faith is not operated by what we see. Because sometimes what you see will fail you, young person. What I thought I saw was not what I got. And I think if we can get that, that imagery, that understanding on Christmas morning, and if we can understand the, 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 the disappointment of whatever that was, I think we can understand it in our life of faith. Looks can be deceiving. And this entire message, that's what it's really about. It's about finding your path in a world where there are so many different options. I don't know if you've been to Starbucks lately. Uh, Maybe you just like trash coffee and that's what you do, but uh, (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm actually not. Uh, But I don't know if you've been to Starbucks lately, but there's a lot of options, isn't there? A lot of options to choose from. Man, there's a lot of options in life, but something tells me tonight that if I could summarize this message into really a question, I could formulate it like this, and that is the question of what path are you on? Considering all the options of the path, the path that you could be on, I want to ask you the question, young person, what path are you on? What path are you on? Maybe you're here tonight and you're like, oh, Pastor Jaron, listen, I'm a Christian. I've been doing this thing. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. You're like, I, I've been watching VeggieTales since I was six. I, I've seen Prince of Egypt. Listen, I, I got Bible Man on DVD. I've been doing this thing. I've been doing it. Well, hey, I want to let you know, young person, that's great. That's fantastic. I'm proud of you. I love you. That's super cute. But uh, this message is for you, believer, if you're in the house. This message is for you. But maybe you're here tonight and you're like, Mm, I'm not really a believer in Jesus. I'm not really a follower of Jesus. I don't really do that. I don't really buy into that. I don't really, I don't really believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I don't really believe that God came into human creation, stepped into human history and lived a perfect life and would one day give his life as a willing sacrifice so that in one moment, In one moment, once and forever, he could fully appease the full wrath of God and by his death, burial, and resurrection, he would conquer death, hell, and the grave and is right now seated, reigning, and ruling at the right hand of the Father over humanity. And he's coming back one day to judge the living and the dead. And you want to be on the right side of that, but maybe you don't believe that. That's okay. God loves you, and I love you too, and I'm glad you're here. This message is for you. I like to say it like this. This is a message that I hope is a, a call to action for the believer, right? And then I hope this is a wake-up call for those of you who would say, mm, I'm just kind of kicking the tires of Christianity. I'm not really sure about this thing. And if you fall, if you find yourself on that side of the fence tonight, I want to let you know it's okay. God loves you. And if you'll just marinate in this message with me, I believe that God's going to bring something out of you. Amen? I've got four things I want to I talk to you about tonight, four areas I want you to think uh, of this less of me talking to you, and we're going to have a conversation tonight. Can we do that? Awesome. I've got four things I want to talk to you about. Here's the first one, and these are all concerning being a pathfinder. These are all areas that we have to conquer constantly in our life if we're going to be a pathfinder. The first one is this. Consider this, young person. What are the pattern of decisions in your life? In other words, what steps are you taking? In other words, the patterns of your decisions, this is the collection of things that we decide to do on a daily basis that are formulating our habits, which in turn are creating our character. What are you doing on a daily basis? See, it's not what we do occasionally that changes us. It's what we do consistently. You don't get abs by going to Reds one time. I wish I wish the $60 a month would cover that, but it it actually doesn't. I checked. I looked it up. It doesn't. It's not what you do occasionally that changes you. It's what you do consistently. You can't put deodorant on one time and expect to smell good for the rest of your life. You got to put that on the next day. Guess what? The next day. You want to keep your girlfriend? The next day. (laughs) I'm trying to help some of y'all in the building. It's not what I do occasionally that changes me. It's actually what I do consistently. If you were to put my life and your life under a microscope, if you were to examine kind of the fullness of what your life and my life represented, what you would find, young person, is that it's not a collection of very big decisions that we make that represent the fullness of our life. Check this out. It's actually a lot of smaller decisions. Oh, you say, hold on, though. Life life has big decisions, and you would be correct. I mean, let's think about it. Life has big decisions. Like, the biggest one is who do you call God? Do you call Jesus God? Well, if you don't, friend, you're in a world of trouble. So who do you call God? Another big decision we make is, like, who do we marry? Like, who do you call spouse? Like, that's a big one. The second biggest decision of your life. And then there are other big decisions, and some of them are like, you know, should pineapple go on pizza? And uh, if you are in the camp that believes that it does, I just want to pray over you right now in the name of Jesus that the spirit of confusion would fall away from you, that you would come to know the saving knowledge of Jesus. Hey, just, uh, just, uh, just because I need you to hear me tonight, who was on Team Pineapple on pizza? N- make some noise. Make some noise if that's you. Oh, my soul. Where are my people at that are saved and love Jesus? Are you in the <laughs> So there are big decisions that we make that affect our lives, but it goes back to this thought. It's not the big things that I'm doing. It's actually the many small things that I, that I'm doing. Do you guys understand that? It's, it's less about the big moments. It's more about the small thing, the next thing. The next thing you do ought to be the best thing you do, even if it's the smallest thing you do, because it matters. I want to talk to you about this idea of what you do consistently is actually what changes you. There's a pattern of decisions, and you have to examine that. Young person, I don't want you to live your life looking through the lens of potential of what you could be. I, wanna, I want you to live your life through the lens of what is the pattern of my decisions that are getting me to the place and the path that I ought to be. The worst thing is untapped potential, but probably what's even more worse than that is, is um, potential that is wasted. And I don't want you to waste it. I don't think you have to. So write that down, the pattern of my decisions. It's not what I do occasionally that changes me. It's what I do consistently. See, change is inevitable, but progress is optional. You should write that down. Change is inevitable. It's going to happen. Progress is optional. In other words, I can be going the right way, but if I'm taking the wrong steps to get there, am I really making progress? I'll never forget, uh, I was a youth pastor in uh, Colorado for three years. Shout out to Denver. Seven, where you at? (laughs) There he is. And uh, man, some of the best years of my life, I worked for a church that was portable. Here's what that meant. We didn't have a building. Hello, (laughs) portable. And so what we did, is we, we would build church every Sunday. So what that would look like is we had a giant truck that had the whole church on it and we had to pull up to a high school. This is a real story. This is not Hogwarts. We'd pull up to a high school and we would build church. I mean, we'd put the stage up. We'd put the instruments up. We would build, we'd have the chairs come in. We'd have all of our equipment come in. We had to, we had to build the children's facility. I mean, we built church. Like, you ever built Legos? Like, we built church. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, I remember like clockwork, we would have our Sunday morning service, and then that night was my youth night. So we'd kind of knock it all, all out in one night. The downside to that was I had to tear down everything that night, and so I was there from like 5 a.m. to like 11 p.m. And then I, I was like, Jesus, I'm gonna die tonight. I'm not gonna wake up alive. And so I would always try to go to Chipotle, eat a burrito, go to sleep. It was crazy. But I remember one night was different than all the other nights. Like we had done this many times, friend. We had done this countless times, and, and I, I was used to it. And, you know, we'd end our night, we'd have a great youth night, load up the truck, bring it to the storage facility. But this night was different than other nights. I remember I was driving behind our volunteer who was driving the truck. His name was Mark. And as the truck is driving, containing all of our church within this gigantic freight truck that has a trailer attached to it, as I'm driving behind him, I, I begin to notice that there is a, uh, there is some, uh, some smoke. And we can play the first video, um, Charlie, the one without the music. Um, and so I'm driving. This is not footage of me driving, but just for you to get a visual. I'm driving my Subaru Forester behind this gigantic truck, and I start to see smoke, and I'm thinking, oh, this is probably not good. I'm cautiously optimistic. I keep driving, and uh, I start to see sparks. And, like, not the good kind. Like... This is, not, this is not good sparks, okay? And I start to think to myself, okay, this really can't be good. We're in Denver, Colorado. There's mountains. There's, you know, hills. There's steep declines, inclines. And we're going down this one um, decline. And as my driver, who I'm following behind him, he makes a left turn at the light. As he makes that turn, I saw something that I can never unsee because the truck went this way. The trailer went that way. Yeah, I'm going to say that again because I don't think you understand. The church went that way. Everything that we owned. Like, this is my first year being a youth pastor. I'm like, yo, I'm fired. (laughs) There goes the church. Like, you don't understand what went. Because I thought I was dreaming, having a nightmare. I'm pinching myself. This can't be real. I'm slapping myself. I, I don't know what's happening. I'm panicking in this moment. I reach for my phone to try to call Mark to tell him about what's happening because he has no idea. He's just driving. Trailer's going this way. Fully detached. In panicking, in the chaos, in the moment of utter disbelief at what's happening before my very eyes, I somehow managed to, as I'm calling him, switch my phone from Bluetooth to the radio. I never listen to radio. It went to some random like FM station, and I kid you not, we can play this next video. This is what I heard. Oh, it's coming. Charlie, play the second video. Turn the sound on. as I'm watching my entire life like roll away down a mountain to the track of a mariachi band. Hey, we could turn that up a little bit. That's enough of that. I'm getting, I'm, getting, uh, I'm getting terrified thinking about that. But I remember thinking to myself, how did this happen? I can tell you the trailer was fine. We got it repaired. All the equipment was good. I didn't lose my job. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> I remember thinking to myself, how did this happen? Upon further inspection, what we came to find out was that the reason that the trailer became detached was a single cotter pin that we forgot to put in place of the trailer. Young person, I'm, I'm here tonight to tell you something. The small decisions you make matter. The small decisions you make matter. You could be going the right way, but taking the wrong steps to get there. Listen, I want to remind you about something tonight. You could be going the right way, but taking the wrong steps to get there. What I'm saying is that your character matters. What I'm saying is that if you have to sacrifice bits and pieces of your character to get to where you're going, it's not worth the journey. Oh, but it's just a small pen. It's just a small lie. It's just a small website. It's just a small picture. Yeah, but in the grand scheme of your life, it matters in the trajectory of where you're going. Because I'll say it again. You could be going the right way, but taking the wrong steps to get there. And I'll tell you this friend, it's never worth the journey. The pattern of your decisions, it matters. And it's not just about the big things you decide upon because the reality, the biggest thing that you'll decide is to make consistent steps towards what what God has for you. The pattern of your decisions. The next thing I want you to write down is this, is the people in your life. The people in your life. In other words, like, Who are you doing life with? Like the crew that you're rolling with. Like your circle of friends. And some of them may be here tonight. Maybe some of them aren't here tonight. see you guys are having a bromance here. That's awesome. (laughs) I'm inspired. But who are you doing life with? The people in your life matter. I want to read a scripture to you. Because here's the reality. You can have good character. You could be going the right way and taking the right steps to get there. In other words, you could be doing the right thing the right way, but if you're hanging around with the wrong people, you won't get to the destination that God has for you. You won't get there. You could be doing the right thing the right way, but if you're hanging around the wrong people, you won't get to the destination that God has for you. How do I know that? Well, the Bible says so. Can I read it to you? 1 Corinthians 1533. Do not be misled. In other words, don't trip. Bad company corrupts good character. The Bible goes on to say in the, in the very next book, 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 16, do not be unequally bound together. Don't be, um, Don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Do not make mismatched alliances with them, inconsistent with your faith, for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? I want to ask you a question. Who are you yoked with? I didn't grow up in church when I was younger, so I used to think like, God, why are we talking about eggs? Like, what are we doing? We making breakfast or what? Like, this isn't a breakfast term. This is a farming term. Who are you yoked with? What is a yoke? A yoke is a device that that they would put on. You guys are going to be two oxen right here. Boom, boom. Big, big, strong arms. (laughs) It's a device that they would put on a pair of oxen. He's owning it. I love it. This is amazing. They would put it on a pair of oxen. And the reason that this device would go on them is so that they could accomplish a task together. It was to keep them in one accord, to keep them aligned together so one wouldn't go this way and the other go that way. But the problem is, and a farmer would tell you this in the first century, is that if you put a weak ox with a strong ox, what ends up actually happening is that one is trying to pull the, the, the weight of the load of whatever they're pulling, and the other is pulling it and trying to make up for the, the lack of the other one. And what eventually happens is the stronger ox angles out the yoke and they just go in circles. They just go in circles. Why? Because they're unequally yoked. And some of you, if you're honest, man, you're trying to progress towards the things that God has for you, but you've been going in circles. And you're frustrated because the path of your life has not really brought you to the place you thought you'd be. But Zane, if we were honest tonight, the reality is that who we are paired up with will lead us to the path that God has or doesn't have for us. Who are you yoked with? Listen, young person, the Bible is not telling you that you can't hang around sinners. Jesus was a friend of sinners. Like, that's the whole point of Jesus. You realize that. Like, he came to seek and save that which was lost. It's not saying that you can't, like, say what's up to a sinner or someone who doesn't believe in Jesus. You should be doing that. I love your shirt, by the way. Like, you should be doing that. The Bible's not saying that you can't do that. The Bible's saying that when it relates to your faith, who do you have alongside you that's gonna help you get to the place that God has for you? Like, who, do you, who are you linked up with? See, I would say that it's dangerous to do life with the wrong person, with the wrong people, but I would also venture to say that it's more dangerous to do life with no people. It's just true. The first problem in the Bible, it wasn't sin. It wasn't. We think it was, but it wasn't. God was making stuff. Like, that's what he does. He's just saying, let there be light. Light's like, okay, I'm here. What's up? Hey, moon, stars, boom, creation creatures. He's making all this stuff. And finally, God, on the sixth day, creates Adam. Your boy's like, yo, name some animals. Let's do this thing. And God eventually comes to a point within creation where God says, hey, this isn't good. It's not good for man to be alone. So what does God do? Well, he puts Adam sleep. Like, you know the story, right? He, he takes the rib and, 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 and he makes, he makes Eve. Adam wakes up. He looks at his wife and he's like, Whoa, man. And then thus turn, you know, the term woman. And so anyway, so that was funnier in my head. Um, the Bible says that women are the helpmate of the man. How, guys, I'm, I'm gonna let y'all in on a secret. We need help. We need ladies. We need help, help. Y- you, you understand what the Bible's saying, right? We actually need help. Um, but what I love about God is that from the very beginning, he understands that one of the greatest problems that we could ever face, one of the greatest dangers of the human experience is that, is that if you were to do it alone, it would actually destroy you. Man, some of you, when times get hard, it's not that you hang around the wrong people. It's that you hang around no people. And you go in your shell and you think Netflix is going to somehow put your mental health back into a state that it needs to be in. But it won't because even in that setting, all you're doing is escaping the reality that you're still alone, that you're not with people that are going to encourage you, give you life, give you joy. Come on, like we have to do this together. So if you're not yoked with anyone, in other words, if you're not linked up with a believer who could encourage you. Man, I would encourage you to talk to Pastor Jacob. Come talk to me. Man, let's figure that out for your life because the best thing that you can do is to get around people who are going to encourage you in faith. The worst thing you can do is try to do it by yourself. It's not gonna work out, man. It's not gonna be a good time. Hey, the fourth thing I have for you, or the third thing, rather, I want you to write this down. Um, As it relates to being a pathfinder, the purpose of your life the purpose of your life. It's what's gonna keep you on the path that God has for you, but it's also going to be the thing that inspires you to stay there. We're not simply alive to exist, to one day get married, have some kids, retire, drink sweet tea on the back porch and watch the sun go down. Hey, that's cute. That sounds awesome. (laughs) Some of y'all are like, yo, that's all I want. (laughs) But listen, (laughs) I'm here to tell you that there's more to life than that. And I get that that might be a a, a short, sweet summary, but man, I'm here to tell you that life is far more beautiful, complicated, more nuanced than that. And if you'll allow God to show you that life's bigger than just what we script out in our head and in our minds, you'll see that your purpose, man, it's big, it's alive. Like I'm not just living, I'm not on the planet to like live and exist. Like I'm here for a purpose and a reason. And so are you. God has a purpose for each and every one of your lives. And here's what I'm here to tell you. It's not a mystery. Like some of you are like, man, my my purpose, like, what is it? Like, am I called to make shoes? Like, what what do I do? If you are, let me know. Like, uh, give me a discount, man. Get get a homie discount. Uh, yeah. um, size nine and a half, ten. Just let me know. <laughs> um, but your purpose. Some of us like we think about it and we're like, man, it's like a mystery. Like, what is it? But it's not an issue of it being a mystery. It's actually an issue of discovery. And if you'll walk on that path that God has for you, you will discover it every time. One of the great tragedies that I see in your generation, because I'm a little bit older. I know y'all are like, ah, oh, he's like 21. I get it, look, I know, I take vitamins, it's all good. But I, <laughs> I, I think about your generation, and one of the great tragedies that plague your generation as someone who's older who can look at you from a different vantage point, I can say some positive things about you. You're bold, you're gutsy, you care about justice and injustice. You'll, you'll fight for people. You'll look at the person that's abused and neglected and you'll fight for them. There are so many great qualities about you. But if there's one thing that I, that I think that God would have pruned out of this generation, in other words, if there's one thing that God would cut away from this generation so that revival can come to the planet, it's that you hold your dream a little too tightly. I, when I was younger, the question of what do you want to be when you grow up? I mean, mine was a ninja. I don't know about you. Like, guys are like, I want to be a ninja. I want to be a a ninja turtle. I want to be a fire truck. You're like, you want to be a transformer? Like, no, a literal fire truck? That's okay. (laughs) One time I asked one kid, like, "Uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? He's like, I want to be blue. (laughs) Yo, like the color? Yeah. My eyes are blue. My hair's blue. I'm like, okay, we got to we got to get this guy in counseling ASAP. This this is a problem. But it's interesting now because you ask young people, "What do you want to be when, when they grow up?" Want to be a YouTube star? <laughs> want to start a channel? Want to be an influencer? <laughs> Just gonna influence the world. Now, hey, don't don't nudge. Your, I saw that. Don't nudge your neighbor. It's interesting to me that we have these dreams, but if we're not careful will hold on to the dream so tightly that we won't ever take hold of our purpose. Your purpose is not to walk into or step into your dream. God is about dreams and they matter, but your purpose is greater. God did dreams in the Old Testament. God does dreams today. They matter. He speaks through them, but your purpose is greater. God doesn't owe you a dream. I'll say it again because Disney lied to you. God doesn't owe you a dream. This is this this whole thing about Jesus is not about following your heart. I did that in middle school it got me nowhere. Come on. Your heart will lie to you. The Bible says that the heart is the most deceitful wicked thing ever. Ever. So think about that. Your dream is not guaranteed for you, but your purpose is. The dream is something I can get to, but the purpose is what I have to walk into today. I've been a dad now for, Zane, what has it been, three and a half years? Three and a half years, yeah. I don't even know if we have a picture of my dog. We probably don't, but if I could show you. Man, he's, he's adorable. Uh, he's a golden retriever. Uh, his name's Shadow, and uh, he's taught me a lot of things in life. Uh, you know, he's taught me, like, you know, to enjoy the simple things like peanut butter, long walks. Like, he's just, he's taught me some things. The value of a lint roller, come on, somebody. It's 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 a struggle. But uh, I'll never forget one day I was uh, playing fetch with him. This is in Colorado. And, uh, you know, as great as my dog is, he has this unhealthy obsession uh, with his, his tennis ball. It's an idol in his life. <laughs> Pray for him, okay? Zane, you, you, you've you dog sat for me. You could attest to this. Your boy sleeps with it by his face, like, nuzzled up, like, making sure it's there. Goes to the bathroom with it. Like, he, he just has it all the time. Like, I come home from, like, two weeks, you know, being away. The first thing he does when I walk in, he doesn't come up to me. He grabs his ball. You ready to play fetch? I'm like, oh, my gosh. This is unhealthy. This is not good. He has an unhealthy obsession with his tennis ball. So one day I wanted to see what it would look like if I took his most prized possession in all the world and just
1: That was actually kind of epic.
0: <laughs> little little shock value. <laughs> so can I do that with this mic? Okay. So I thought, man, whoa. (laughs) I'm kind of nervous to do it again. I thought what would happen if I just took his ball and just, you know, (laughs) threw it and then hid. Thankfully, I recorded it on video. You guys want to see this? All right. Hey, play that video, Charlie. hey, where's your ball? (laughs) Go get it. Young person, what I want to tell you tonight is if the dream takes me away from the proximity of the master, I actually don't want it. If the thing that I'm pursuing takes me away from Jesus, I'll drop it every time. If the thing that I'm so hung up on and caught up on, if it takes me out of proximity of the one I love the most, I'm actually going to drop it. Man, if, if my dog can understand that, I hope we can. I hope a generation can rise up and say, man, I have this dream in my heart, but I realize that my purpose to live alongside the creator, my purpose to walk alongside the master is actually greater. Come on, if you believe that, come on. Um, I want to wrap up with this idea of purpose. And uh, as we've been talking, Zane, you know, did a great job. Shout out to the panel. Come on, can you guys give it up for them? Did a great job uh, with the panel. And uh, one of the things that I love so much about CLC is that we are a collection of, we're like, what are we? We're, we're so unique. I was going to say an island of misfit toys, but I don't mean that in a bad way. It's actually a really good thing. But here, here's what I'm trying to say. Here's what I, I'm actually trying to say. I love what we represent as a college because we are a collection of young people who have decided that at a point in time with our lives where we could pursue whatever, like we're young, we got the whole world in front of us, um, we could be pursuing a lot of things, but each and every one of these students, what you'll see is that they've laid down the right to pursue whatever they want to pick up the purpose that God has for them. And uh, the reality is that I wish tonight I could share with you every single one of their stories, but the truth is that we have one that I would like to share with you tonight. And uh, she's here in the building, but you'll see her here in a moment. And uh, this is the story of my friend Carly. So if you would, turn your attention now towards the screen.
1: Hey, my name is Carly Smith and I am a. Um, wow, yep, there it is. <laughs> I was about to say sophomore. Hey, my name is Carly Smith. I am a second year here at CLC and I didn't really grow up in church. Um, I was a part of a family that sort of went on holidays or special occasions. Um, up until my middle school years, that's when I really started going to a youth group. Um, when I was in seventh grade, which I was 13 years old. There was just a lot of death in my family. Personally, there was like three people in my family who had died that I was extremely close to. And I had just started a new school and I was getting bullied a lot. And that led to me just trying to take my own life. And it wasn't until that moment, I don't think I had ever felt the presence of the Lord or or heard His voice as I did that day. Um, I think, during, like during that time that's when um, I first just sensed the Lord um, and because of that uh, my mom she obviously found out about it um, she didn't want me at home during the summer like by myself just watching my brother so she signed me up for all these random camps like an art camp a cooking camp and a church camp that she didn't even have that much information about and at that church camp is where I gave my life to the Lord and I look back at it and I it's I see how it seems so random at the time that she signed me up for all these things, but God knew like exactly what that moment was for, and that's the moment that I gave my life to the Lord. And there was like this almost like honeymoon phase between me and the Lord where I was like, God, I'll do anything for you. Like I want to serve you. I want to live for you. I want to do whatever you tell me to do. And when I got into high school my senior year, I started to realize that living for God wasn't the cool thing to do. I didn't. I wasn't popular because of it, in fact people like made fun of me for it. So I started, I just wanted to do what everybody else was doing. I started partying, I started drinking, whatever I could do to gain status in my high school is what I wanted to do. And it wasn't until after I graduated from high school and I really just sat down with the Lord and I was like, this is not who I am, this is not who you've created created me to be. You've created me to be more than this, you have so much better for me than this. And I came to the conclusion that I didn't want to do what everybody else wanted me to do. I wanted to do what God had for me, and that's all that really mattered in the end. And looking back just at those times, I can see His hand like in every single area of my life. The protection that He had over me is like nothing else that I have ever experienced or seen in my life. And there's nothing I can do that will ever amount to what He's done for me.
0: check. We're good. Hey, I I realize the time is, uh, the clock has steadily going up. And so, um, man, I I wanted to get into the story of Hosea tonight, but I really feel like um, capturing the essence of that story is what is is important for this night. I would encourage you to go read it. Hosea chapter three. It's beautiful. It's about a man who um, goes after someone who abandoned him. And it's a representation of how God has really hes chased us. You thought you found God? You can't find your car keys half the time. And then the other half of you don't drive, so good luck. You didn't find God. He found you. And when he found you, you weren't so neat. You weren't so tidied up. You were in chains. Your life was in shambles. And the reality is that God found you and that he is the pathfinder. and He's found it for you because he is the path. The Bible says it this way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And the reality is that tonight, man, tonight is an opportunity for someone who maybe you're not on that path. You've not allowed the pathfinder to put you on it. I want to let you know something tonight. This isn't about your efforts to get to God. This is about the fact that God came to you that he's here tonight. And so here's what I would have us do in this moment. You know, we've had some fun, we had some laughs, we had some technical difficulties. We had a, a mic that was from, you know, the underworld and, what, uh, <laughs> the underworld. Um, but the reality is that all of that's great, but the best part about tonight is that Jesus is in the room. You believe that? Everyone here, if you could do this for me, um, close your eyes. Just bow your head no one looking around in this moment i want to talk to one person maybe it's two people maybe it's maybe it's a collection of individuals tonight but you have not given your life to jesus what does that mean simply saying yes to jesus and the life that he has for you hey if you're here tonight and that's you i want to give you an opportunity to do that i'm gonna count to three and when i do I just want you to raise your hand. I, I want to pray with you tonight. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to call you out. But if that's you, one, don't worry about who's here, what that one thinks, what this one thinks. It doesn't matter, friend, because God's here and he loves you right where you are, just as you are. And maybe you feel him tugging on your heart tonight. I want to let you know that that's the Holy Spirit. He's coming close to you so that you can come close to him. Two, friend, God forbid, but what if tonight was your final night on the planet? You're not promised tomorrow. And I don't say that to scare you, but I say it to hopefully awaken something inside of you that goes, okay, there's no time like now because I'm not promised another second. Friend, if you don't know Jesus tonight, this is your opportunity to say yes. If that's you, Could be one, could be none, could be a couple, but I want to pray with you. If that's you, only me looking around in this moment, if that's you, would you raise your hand on the count of three? One, two, three. Jaron, that's me. I just want to know Jesus tonight. I see that hand. I see that hand. Thank you, I see that hand. If you could hold it up for just a moment longer, I just want to pray with you tonight. Amen. Thank you. You can put your hand down. The Bible says in the book of Romans that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that jesus is lord and that god raised him from the dead we too can be saved and i believe this friend god wants to do that tonight and there's no religious hoop that you have to jump through jesus has done all the work it is finished we get to rest in what his what he's already done so tonight we just declare that in our hearts that jesus is lord And the Bible says that he is so faithful to save us. So I want to ask you tonight to pray this prayer alongside me. Don't pray this to me. I can't help you. I love you, but I got nothing for you in this matter. (laughs) This is you and God. So let's pray this together and believe it in our heart. And uh, everyone in the room, let's pray this together. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I ask you tonight to come into my life, to be Lord of my life. God, from this day forward, I don't live for me anymore. I want to live for you. God, help me to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we just celebrate with everyone who made those decisions?